0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by m Bank. Up next, the latest on the Kansas State Wildcats from the guise of Three Maw, John Kurtz, Derek Young, And Cole Mandak, who will get you caught up on all things Wildcats from a collective perspective that can't be found anywhere else. The latest news, the top stories, and an insider perspective to keep you in the know. Make sure you hit that follow button so you don't miss anything. 3Maw is proudly presented by 360 Vodka. And now, the latest on K-State Athletics.
2: Welcome into another three-month pod. John Kurtz, Derek Young, Cole Manbeck, Cole Crew, all here with you. uh, Taking a step away from basketball for a moment to dive into football, which has been all very good news here as of late. A lot of things coming up cats right now, including Daniel Green coming back, Trishon Ward out of the transfer portal, Javon Banks out of the transfer portal. Uh, It's going to be a fun, fun pod here to recap all of that with you. And you know that the reason we are here and the reason we can do this is because of our friends at Holiday Distillery. Make sure to go get your Ben Holiday Bottled and Bond bourbon. If you are a bourbon guy, if vodka is more of your thing, check out the 360 vodka as well. Basketball, tailgate action, just watching at home. Uh, Make sure that you have those two on hand to be ready to properly enjoy the game. And uh, thank you to Holiday Distillery for all the support that they give our pod. All right. I guess we'll start with Daniel Green. I'm not going to lie. This is no, no shot. At, at Daniel green, but I was so damn excited about TreShaun Ward. Uh, and that announcement dropped like right before the Oklahoma state game that I was like having a hard time focusing on the first part of the Oklahoma state football or basketball game rather, because I was so damn excited about TreShaun Ward, but getting Daniel green back. I mean, you know, that that guy is a all big 12 linebacker, uh, had to play through a bunch of injuries this past year, but when he was healthy I mean at the end of the year, when he got healthy, all of a sudden the guy's a stud, you have an all big 12 linebacker coming back and one that was an unexpected addition to get back. And when you combine that with Cooper Beebe, uh, also spurning the NFL draft to come back, I think K-State has to feel pretty good. Even though you lose Felix DK Uzama and Deuce Vaughn, uh, you got to feel pretty good about getting those two guys back who, who certainly could have been headed to the NFL draft as well.
3: Yeah, I would agree. And I think you have to feel great about your offseason in general. Um, I know we'll probably go full picture later on, but outside of losing Deuce Vaughn and Felix DK Uzama, which I don't think anyone necessarily believed without a shadow of a doubt that they those two would return. Everything else has kind of gone your way. So I, I think there's a lot of reason to be excited if you're a Kansas State fan. Daniel Green, you have all your linebackers back. Um, we'll see what happens with Khalid Duke, what, what they do position-wise for him, because I think he could be a solution for for a loss of Felix DK Uzama. But you still have other same linebackers. Desmond Purnell played a good amount of same linebacker. Uh, Rex Van Wy is the guy you just added as a junior college addition that they really like as well. They can play probably all three spots, but maybe they just slot him at Sam um, to fill in the void the Dukakis if he goes down to uh, the defensive line. So that helps a lot. That this uh, Daniel Greek coming back fixes a lot of the consternation that one would have with the defense, and I certainly had it before this came down because I was like. I don't know that I feel tremendous about the linebacker spot yet, even though I don't feel terrible. And then I'm also wondering what's going to happen with the defensive front. And now this probably gives you more freedom to move Khalid Duke back down to solidify your defensive front. You had the nose guard from Mississippi State and Javon Banks. I think they just, with in a matter of two or three days, they they filled and alleviated some of my concerns about the defense going forward.
4: I think uh, as you get midway through the season next year, the linebacker depth is going to be night and day different from what it was this year. You know, linebacker was a point of concern for us coming into this season and they weren't able to rotate guys like Austin Moore off the field much, right? Because there wasn't much behind him. And as you mentioned, D Y, it felt like maybe he started to wear down as the season went on because they were so relying on him being on the field. Well, they signed five linebackers in this recruiting class Jake Clifton and Toby get another year of experience in the program, especially Clifton, who got reps um, in almost every game this year at the linebacker position, so another guy you can rely on. And then Terry Kirksey, junior college linebacker that comes in, Asa Newsom, et cetera, Rex Van Way, like you you said, D.Y. I mean, as those guys get more acclimated, as they get halfway through the Big 12, I mean, I think they're going to be able to rotate Daniel Green and Austin Moore more off the field. Um, and get other guys out there and feel comfortable with that and confident in what they can do on the field. So I think it can't be understated how big this addition is or not addition, just keeping him on the roster for a sixth year. Because as you mentioned, John, first team preseason, all big 12 linebacker, and he didn't have the season that we expected because he was banged up all year. I mean, this is a guy that had 16 tackles for loss is his junior year, the year prior. And not saying Daniel Green wasn't a good player this year, but he can be a really good player. And we know he's better than, than what he was able to do this year is he just battled through so many injuries and for him to be able to have a healthy senior season, six year season, that'll be huge for this team. So hopefully he can stay healthy and, and elevate his draft stock and have a big year for K-State. Cause I, I think he will, I think he'll have a big year if he's healthy.
3: You'll never take away Daniel Green that wants to come back and I'm not trying to start anything here, but you kind of wonder what goes through the mind of someone like Terry Kirksey, who was probably picked K state because of that void of middle linebacker thinking that it was, yeah. the path was wide open. So it'll be interesting how that uh, matures over time. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, that I, makes I, sense. I, I think. it
4: Oh, sorry, John. I was, I was just going to say that makes sense. And I would just say also, I think it speaks to the culture of the program that, you know, they had so many six-year guys last year. You look at Eli Huggins, right? I mean, you don't see guys stick around for four years much in college football anymore. And Kansas State has had a ton of fifth- and sixth-year guys. And you look at that offensive line. So Daniel Green's 6 year linebacker. But the offensive line, you got three guys that are entering their sixth-year returning, and Duffy, Leviston, and Gillum, and then Cooper Beebe returning for year five. So I think that speaks a lot to the culture in this program that so many guys want to come back especially guys like BB and Green who have NFL aspirations they're turning that down
2: to come back to college. And Kirksey I, I do feel for him. I mean, I, I think that that sucks. That's tough, you know, especially for a guy who was really down to the to the final hour and making his decision. But, you know, if you and I'm I'd certainly I want to have him on the roster. I want him to be here. But even if you were to lose him, I mean, you can't you can't turn down obviously Daniel Green uh, for for that you know I mean you're still you're still coming out ahead so
3: yeah maybe maybe it's best case scenario best case scenario might push a little bit but maybe it turns out to be a good thing once he if he, assuming he sticks it through because I I can only imagine you're still going to get a healthy amount of snaps if you are an at middle linebacker uh, behind Daniel Green I think they would have probably rotated much more this year if they felt like the drop off wasn't as steep. So if Kirksey comes in and like plays his lights out, I think he can still get a healthy amount of snaps and feel good about it while really learning from about the best person you can possibly learn from at the same time.
2: True. They, he is on a defense where they are very liberal with the substitutions. So it uh, could, be, could be a lot worse uh, as far as that goes. Um, let, let's just hit this since we're on the defense, and you already mentioned this. Javon Banks is the, the nose guard from Mississippi State who comes in. Uh, nose guard a position that can be a little bit tricky in the in the portal and you definitely felt like you needed somebody even though I think we all feel like Uso has has pops and Damian leo I think has a lot of potential Uh, you needed another body there if nothing else and you wanted somebody with experience and you get former high three-star SEC recruit who uh, has played a lot of football for for Mississippi State in the trenches so uh, I'm, I'm pretty thrilled with this and it can be anything close to Like what Timmy Horn was, for instance, a couple of years ago, a guy still playing in the NFL now that K-State plucked. Um, I'm all about it. And uh, it it starts to solidify one of those huge, huge holes that you had up up front at Noseguard.
3: Yeah, that was probably after they had already solved the running back spot. Noseguard was probably the remaining one that you really needed to – you felt like you really needed to fill before spring semester began. So this is big in that respect because now you get him in – for spring ball and get him acclimated before because you, you, I think you wanted to probably walk away at the end of spring knowing you, you feel good about the position so you know or or not feel good about the position so you know whether or not to attack it um over the summer as well I don't know what the to what exact production or contribution to expect from Javon Bakes he is a guy that has played three years in Mississippi State he played two of them at defensive end he played the last one at defensive tackle so his body is continuing to mature and develop, and maybe that's a sign where that kind of tells you his ceiling is a little bit higher than maybe someone else in the portal. Maybe he's still improving, still rapidly getting better just because he is still growing enough to, to move from the outside of the defensive line into the interior. Now he's going to play a nose guard position. I don't know exactly when Mississippi State ran. I think it was a 4-3, but I'm not even sure not even sure if he played the nose guard spot. So maybe they saw something of what he was doing on tape in a 4-3 that looked good, and and those traits translated to a nose guard role in Manhattan, I'm not sure. Um, but this is a guy that's never started a bunch until this past year, so uh, the arrow is pointing upward on his trajectory, but it certainly isn't anyone I would call top flight. I think those nose guards are pretty tough to land. But with all that being said, I think this was probably best-case scenario for the Kansas State.
4: Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's going to be the plug and play starter, right? I mean, I think it'll be Uso's job to lose and he'll be probably your number one at the nose tackle position, but hopefully Banks can be that guy that rotates in along with Damian Ila, Leo, uh at the nose tackle position. And they, they have a quality 3D because this last year they rotated 3D tackles uh, a decent amount as Uso developed um, and Eli Huggins and D Hint. So yeah, I, mean, I think it's a really nice addition to get a power five transfer that has experience and has actually played. Um, that would be more of my preference versus the guy that they were uh, they were looking at coming from Utah Tech that shows Oklahoma State. And I don't know a ton about him, but that's I don't want to make it seem like a knock. He might be a really good player, but I, I think I just prefer the power five player with reps at that level versus a guy from Utah Tech.
2: Agreed, and yeah, you, you needed to make sure that you had a depth depth piece, if if nothing else doesn't have to be a, a home run. You needed like a like a single or a double here to to help shore up the defensive line. Do we have any idea, D. Y. Who else was was after him? Was there a lot of competition uh, for, for Banks? Takes,
3: Uh that I couldn't tell you? That one's a little different, just because he was in the portal a day before he booked his flight to Kansas State, and they committed. You know, like three days. I mean, he was in the portal for like three or four days before he was committed to Kansas state. So maybe there were others that are after him. I wasn't, I don't know one way or another, certainly wasn't a lot of time for that one to really mature and, and grow into a recruitment with uh, a lot of suitors.
2: Yeah. Okay. they making it happen. I mean, they, they got on top of that very quickly. That's, that's good work by the, the coaching staff. Same with Treshawn Ward, uh, the running back. Who I mean, I'm just over the moon about this kid. Had a really good career at Florida State after he had multiple power five offers. The good school decided to walk on uh, at Florida State because it was his dream school, earned a bunch of playing time, was a great running back. And then they got pretty loaded at running back on what was a very good team this year. He got hurt and didn't play perhaps as much as he wanted to this year because of that. But he came back and looked impressive against Oklahoma in the bowl game. And Florida State fans were were not thrilled with that guy leaving um, but you just saw a lot of sentiment of like wishing him the best that they loved him loved what he was at Florida State and sucks to see him go but they had a loaded backfield and that's just kind of how it goes these days but I, I think that's like absolute. you talk about best case scenario I mean nobody is going to be Deuce Vaughn uh, right we saw whatever article it was that had that anonymous quote from a defensive coach like oh you know it's going to be all different at K-State now because Deuce Vaughn's gone um, it, it is going to be very very different but for Sean Ward I think in terms of what you could hope to land in the transfer portal is about as good as it gets. I mean, that's a dude with a lot of explosiveness and a lot of talent that will be tremendous to pair with, with DJ Giddens. So I'm I'm just – I'm over the moon about this, over the moon about Ward.
3: Yeah, it was an ideal move for K-State because he was probably – I think most people had him as the number two or the number three running back in the entire transfer portal out of all the options that were available. I think the only one that was really put above him regularly was the running back from South Carolina that I believe picked USC – Lloyd, I think is his last name. So uh, Treshawn Ward, you're getting one. of, and, and they'd be suitors for him, right? Tennessee came, Auburn came, South Carolina came, Arizona State came. Again, this was a situation where Kansas so they probably won because as soon as he's in the portal, they're on top of him and they, they have a flight booked to, for him to go to Manhattan before really anyone else is connected with him yet. That's just how expedient they have been for guys that they really, really wanted from the transfer portal and it's paid off because – you get him on the visit, you close him. He doesn't go anywhere else, and that's exactly what happened. And you said it. What he brings to the table, why he's an ideal pickup for the Wildcats, is explosiveness. He's a home run hitter, and this was an offense that probably really was lacking that, or or needed a lot more of that with the loss of Duce Vaughn. Uh, it's you know you can't re- rely just on Keegan Johnson. Um, DJ Giddens is probably not someone that anyone would consider explosive. He's powerful, wants to get downhill and run on top of you, of course. Now Ward also gets played behind an entire starting offensive line that's returning as well. But, you know, explosive playmakers is probably what they were in need of, and Treshawn Ward certainly fills that uh, department for them
4: perfect fit can't think of a much more perfect fit for this system and not only a guy that's a very talented player with the burst that he has and explosiveness that you mentioned dy and in in terms of he's he's obviously not going to fill deuce vaughn's shoes and be exactly like he was but he's about as talented of a running back as you could get to really compliment dj giddens who's more of a power back and then you got more of a burst quick burst back and ward but it's also a great fit for the locker room by all accounts i mean this is a guy that Like John mentioned, all Florida State fans were very much wishing well and uh, seemed to be very well liked and a great culture guy for the locker room at Florida State. And, you know, when you choose, you turn down a lot of power five offers from good programs to be a walk on at Florida State that speaks volumes because it was his dream school, you know, growing up. And so uh, this is another situation where I think patience really paid off for K-State in the portal and not rushing to grab a running back. DY had reported, you know, there were a couple of different guys that they had looked at, including one took a visit to K-State before Christmas and uh, they didn't, it wasn't a take. And I think one another visit didn't work out with Harrison Whaley and it it paid off because I think they got one of the best transfer running backs that you could have wished for and a much better fit than the other guys that they had looked at initially. And I know Sean Tyler, you know, had committed to Oklahoma state and K-State fans were, upset about that because i was a talented running back transfer from western michigan and that was back before we knew what deuce vaughn was fully going to do but we just saw what sean tyler did he decommitted from the, the cowboys which uh, looked like a train wreck right now and, and he's going to minnesota so uh it's great to to have ward here at k-state i think they they accomplished almost everything you could have wished for via the transfer portal this offseason they got their their good running back transfer they got a really good wide receiver transfer that would have been my priority one and Keegan Johnson and, and can't believe they got him still. That's a, such a huge get. And they got the nose tackle that they needed and a safety. I mean, I, you know, if you want to get greedy, I think a D end and another safety, if they can find the room and, and find a guy that works would be great. But otherwise I thought they, they've really hit every hole that they needed to.
2: Yeah. It's, I think at, at each one of those spots about as good as you could have reasonably hope for um so I'm I'm just and this staff we also even beyond that even if it's a guy that's not maybe quite as sexy you know like Sigal the safety maybe not quite as sexy on the surface but they've been so good especially with DBs at at identifying talent in the portal I think you just have to trust them uh that it's going to work out I mean we saw for instance like with Josh Hayes last year how, how well that worked out with a guy that had played at North Dakota State um Another piece of news here is that uh, Philip Brooks is going to be returning to the offense, speaking of offensive weapons and pieces that you'll have. So you can throw him with uh, RJ Garcia, uh, Keegan Johnson, who you already mentioned at, at receiver. And look, Philip Brooks, I think very steady. I think you kind of know what you're going to get with him. He's another veteran with a ton of experience um, can be reasonably explosive at times. Think back to the, the Iowa state game, for instance, the long touchdown that he had, um, I think decent news. Decent news there that the K-State's getting Phillip Brooks back. I, I certainly would welcome him back uh, to yeah. the receiver core.
3: He's, he's been a productive player. You're not going to turn down those types of productive players. He led K-State in receiving yards in 2021 even. So a guy that can really get it done on the field. But more than anything, and maybe I'm just too sentimental in, in my older years at this point, but I think it's good, especially with the culture that they've created and they've credited with their Big 12 championship essentially to have – a guy or two in every position room that knows what it's supposed to look like in terms of a work ethic standpoint and how hard you're supposed to, how much committed you, how committed you have to be, how dedicated you have to be, um, just what the right things are, what it is supposed to look like, what a big 12 champion does off the field, what a big 12 champion does in the weight room, on the practice field, in the film room, right? It's important. And really that was probably going to be lacking in the receiver room And it's not anymore because you get Phillip Brooks and Seth Porter both returning.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You certainly don't turn away a guy that's had 1,100 yards receiving and 90 receptions over the last two seasons, especially when you're losing many of your other starting receivers and Cade Warner and Malik Knowles. And, you know, that continuity factor, I think, is a big part to have that piece to go along with Senate and then Keegan Johnson coming in new. So. Uh, I think it's big news for K-State as well to have that reliable guy in Brooks back. Another six-year guy, I left him out when I was talking about it, but another guy entering year six in the program that's sticking around. So uh, another key piece for this offense, I think now they have eight starters back, or I guess you could say almost nine starters back, if you counted DJ Giddens on the offensive side of the football, a guy that had a lot of reps in Giddens this year. So uh, there's a lot of reasons to be excited for this Kansas State offense heading into the 2023 season.
2: I feel great about the offense, you know, I mean, I still have a little more concern on the, the defensive side of the ball, particularly the the defensive line. But yeah, I feel I feel wonderful about where the off, wonderful about where the offense is going to be. Um, I think, you know, assuming that you get another step from Will Howard and company and the, the combination of him to Senate it above all else. And Keegan Johnson's anywhere close and Rashawn Ward. I mean, yeah, they're, they're going to be a ton of weapons. I don't think that offense is is going anywhere at all.
1: kc sports network
2: to close this off you know on the heels of that we now know that k-state is i mean i would say like i don't consensus top 25 preseason top 25 teams basically that's they are. I, I looked yeah. I, I looked at six uh like it was like on three espn the athletic cbs sports uh, there were there were six of them that i got through and literally in every single one not only was k-state ranked but they were ranked 17th 18th or 19th like that that seems to be the range right there that's basically what everybody thinks of this team heading into next year i've seen some early projections for the big 12 with k-state like second or third typically texas and tcu occupying the the top two spots there so i, I think there's going to be a healthy amount of respect um for what k-state has done not only on the field but then in the in the portal and and so far this offseason Dy, you think maybe too much respect
3: I do. I think it's a hair too much respect, and I know people hate me for saying that. And it's not a knock on Kansas State at all. It's just that when I compare rosters, I just don't know if they have the top end difference makers on the twenty twenty three roster that they have in twenty twenty two, and that's a little bit of my, you know, hesitation with this team because I thought when considering those absolute difference makers like Felix Udike Uzama, which makes an offense operate completely different from what they want to operate because they have to worry about him. And then Deuce Vaughn, where a defense operates completely different from what they want to operate because they have to worry about him. I don't know if they have those level of difference makers on each side of the ball as they did last year. And last year, they didn't get near as much respect in the preseason as what they are already being given. So I just compare the two, and I think it's a little, little too much for me.
4: I think for me, it's I, I need to see the schedule. I need to see who they're playing and where they're playing at. And I think they're probably only going to get one of Oklahoma or Texas. I don't think they're going to play both of them. Uh, they're going to get five Big 12 home games, and I think we should get the schedule in the next week or so. So that'll, be, that'll help us kind of lay things out and give a better prediction. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a top four Big 12 team, but I don't know if I would go as high. I mean, you're talking about a 14-team league next year. I mean, not 10. So if you finish top four, it's a pretty darn good finish, be finishing ahead of 10 other teams. So uh, we'll see the schedule, and then we can kind of have a pod where we we break that down and, and look at where this team's going to finish potentially. But I, I think it's a top four team, like I said. And I, I just I wouldn't pick them to win the Big 12 again right out of the gate. I, I certainly think we'll have to see some, some things. The defensive side of the football is where my concern lies. I think they may take a little bit of a step back on that side.
3: Just put it this way. Um last year they were not in the preseason top twenty-five for anyone, and all three of us still picked a Big Twelve championship. This year, their preseason consensus top twenty as of now, it seems like. Would any of us pick them to win the Big Twelve? I wouldn't.
2: I would not pick them to win it, probably no.
4: So I probably probably, will. I probably will in August when I'm drinking the juices and
2: the, you know. And college
3: football runs through Manhattan. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. Compare those two things. That's why I think it's a little too much respect if you compare it to what was happening this time last year.
2: Who, who is your favorite then? I mean, so because this is a part of it to me is it's like it.
3: Who is it? I, I'm mm-hmm.
2: not in totally convinced it'll be TCU. I think.
3: No, actually, I think TCU's taking a bigger drop than because I, you said top two. I've seen places that have TCU like fifth or sixth in the Big Twelve.
2: I've seen them as high as as like number nine in one of the polls, but it's it, in top 25 polls, but it most of the time it was like early teens. Uh,
3: they're, they're, they're going to be very reliant on what they've done in the transfer portal. And they've certainly got names in the transfer portal, but a lot of those guys, we don't know what to expect from them, right? Because they had zero production at their first stop. They basically went into blue blood lane and got a bunch of players that couldn't play or weren't good enough to play. So I, I have a little reticence on TCU. You're, not having Max Duggan back, you're bringing it. You yeah, know, I don't know what you're going to do. Yeah, I just have too many question marks for TCU. I would actually, and I, people always roll their eyes when we say this every year. I would trust Texas more next year than TCU. Well,
2: I disagree with that, but uh, but I, I, I get the point that you're making. I mean, Texas is going to have a freaking talented roster again. But I mean, they did the same thing this year, and they I've seen all the you know I saw the K Ford power rankings out there again. It's like any of these computer metrics, whatever they 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 love Texas. Here's what else right. I know about Texas. They lost five freaking games last year, so I just I'm right. not I'm not buying in on that. But, yeah, they but still I, I, this is this is kind of my point. Like I, they had a three one
3: improvement though. They
2: three There is not an overwhelming favorite at the at the top of the Big Twelve, so it is still going to be relatively wide open. Um, uh, you know, Texas Tech is getting a decent amount of love. They're in they're in a I, like half the top twenty fives that I looked at. I think they are coming uh they will be better but i, I don't know it's it, you're gonna see those four teams probably in the mix up near the top of the conference i don't think any of the four newcomers right now are really poised to make a ton of noise um so while there, yes there will be four new teams in the league uh i'm not expecting them to be i think they've all taken a step back and are in some weird spots uh then have to adjust to a new league so i don't know i mean the opportunity will be there i guess is the the long story short for me
3: my my Argument to your Texas point, which I, which was completely valid. I'm not negating it at all. So, another way you can look at it is Texas won three more games. And they went from a team with an experienced quarterback to a team with a retro freshman quarterback. So,
2: and yeah. and, and lost Bijan Robinson and, uh, and Roshan Johnson. So, you know, uh.
3: yeah. And, and they have the number one running back in high school coming to him. It's basically Bijan 2.0. So, um, the, 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 I forget what his name is, Cedric Baxter from Florida. Uh, I just, I would trust Texas more than TCU. I wouldn't pick Texas. I, I hate saying this, but Oklahoma with another with another year with Dylan Gabriel. I mean, I guess if he stays healthy, you can't roll them out. And he played a lot more games, than we probably give him credit for. It. I think he only missed two
4: games. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. They got a clown for a coach there in Norman, so I don't know about that. Uh, you know, I just uh, I'm thinking OU is probably another seven and five type team with with Coach Venables driving that bus. So uh, I, I I can't
2: see it with OU. Well, Cole, I was just watching our, our boy Joel Klatt, who I, I just, I used to love Joel Klatt, man. Nice. And he just, he whores for the huge brands. And I, but mm-hmm. he, he was doing his, you know, four most improved teams, basically like the Phil Steele thing, right? You know, your most improved teams for next year Oklahoma, Nebraska, Colorado, Texas AM. I was just like, Joel, we're done. We're done. Like you and me, this is Taylor Swift. Like we are we are never, ever, ever getting back together.
4: Well, you know, I think he's yeah, I, I think he's gotten out of touch with the Big Twelve a little bit, to be honest. I mean, this is a guy that used to call a lot of Big Twelve games, and and last year he didn't call a single Big Twelve game from what I can recall, but was in Big Ten and Pac Twelve territory more. And yeah, I agree. Like I I've listened to some of his shows. He doesn't seem like he really has a lot of info on the Big Twelve anymore and is a little bit out of touch. And I used to love Joel Clatt. And uh yeah, I, I don't know, like I look at it like Oklahoma State is a disaster. Uh, I, I I see them taking a gigantic step back. Although they finished seven and five, so I don't or seven and six even. I don't know what a gigantic step back looks for for them. Uh, Neil Brown is going to be fighting for his job. Uh, TCU is uh, going full Baylor, and you know probably going to hire Kendall Bryles too. Then, yeah, that's uh,
2: just, the other thing. I will say this, D.Y., TCU is going to they're they're going to be in for a bit of a bumpy ride here if they really are trying to do this Kendall Bryles thing, which it looks also,
3: and, uh, yeah. And also not to interrupt you guys, but uh Parker from stats award pointed this out too. Kendall Bryles. Hasn't exactly lit the world on fire the last couple of years in Arkansas.
5: Yeah.
4: Yeah. No, he hasn't. I don't know what I was state. I don't know what I was state will be. I don't, I don't know what they lose on that defense. Uh, Hunter Deckers will be more experienced, but they lose Hutchinson, uh, which is obviously a key piece for them at the receiver position. I think Tech will make a, like you mentioned, John, I think they're going to make a jump forward. They're going to be a popular pick um, to finish in the the upper half of the Big 12, and I could certainly see it. So it's going to be really interesting, man. I'm looking forward to seeing the schedule. It's the most excited I've been to see a Big 12 schedule in a long time.
2: Yeah, for sure, because you could get you could get a a huge break or it could go the other way. And like, I think the point with this league right now is that there's not much separating a lot of these teams. So like little things like that, like getting an advantageous schedule can make a a world of difference. And, you know, even with like TCU, you saw like just getting some injury luck uh, with opposing quarterbacks, you know, help push them over the top in what was otherwise a, a league. Very, very, very similar with a bunch of teams at the top, as we saw by how that big 12 championship game went. So Schedule
3: will Schedule will I have a question for you guys. Would you rather Kansas State play Oklahoma or play Texas? Because you can look at it as let's play Oklahoma because we've kind of owned them, beat them three times in the last four years, and they're still not a world beater yet under Brent Venables or Texas because gosh, it'd be nice to finally beat them one more time before they exit the league.
2: I'm, I'm honestly my, my gut at this point just says Oklahoma. Uh, that that's gone so much. Those two series have gone in polar opposite directions here under under Chris Kleiman. So I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say OU, even though I do think that they will be uh, improved for sure this year. Uh,
4: I take I take Oklahoma, and also because I think it's likely to be in Manhattan, uh, given that k State played at OU last year and Texas came to Manhattan. And look, we don't know how these road home matchups are going to be because of the the rotations, but I, I think k State will probably get OU in manhattan which i would love to knock them off what that would be three or four years if uh, they do it or four or five <laughs>
3: yeah
4: yeah you're right 1920 22 20 oh boy i would yeah no give me that give me that i've seen enough of texas I, I i that hasn't gone well the last six years
2: yeah i don't know for whatever reason texas texas is uh has had k-state a little bit vexed here uh, you know, we we'll play Will Howard this year, we might be, you know, things would be <laughs> bring that uh, Anyway, all right. All right hey, go. good uh good football pod. <laughs> good football pod, ladies and gentlemen. Um, shout out to uh Skylar Thompson, by the way, too. I guess, you know, we didn't even really address that. But you know, if the if the freaking Dolphins could put any sort of infrastructure around him and didn't have a head coach vaping on the sidelines, maybe uh maybe Skylar would have beaten the uh, <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Uh that was a hell of a game. All right. Uh, we appreciate the support of Holiday Distillery. As always, make sure and get your 360 Vodka, your Ben Holiday Bottle, and Bond Bourbon. Appreciate Jed Marshall uh, behind the scenes for Derek Young and Cole Mambeck. I'm John Kurtz. Take care, and we will talk to you soon.
1: Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.